This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food and drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area, there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather, they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Let's go back to, it was Representative Bob Craven. Now, to her credit, Representative Patricia Morgan talked about why are these illegals going to have an identical, identical driving license? Let's hear the exchange. Let's hear the exchange. But the rest of the body. The most important part of a license in voting is that barcode and these permits won't have that are you sure because it says the front and the back must be identical uh, in the bill it says identical it doesn't say that they will lack the barcode for voting privileges doesn't say anything about that at all it won't have a barcode on it and it won't have a barcode that could be used in that manner so i'm, I'm telling you the identical use of that word the word identical is uh, mis- in- misinterpreted by you as saying somehow this is a device, this is a permit that you could show someone and pass it off as being something other than exactly what this bill allows. That will not it be It is identical. Case. Identical is a word. Identical means identical. I mean, it's hard to really interpret it as anything other than what the word means. And it's in the bill, like it a says identical. It doesn't say that it will be that these license plates will be coded or somehow made um, uh, have mar- a marking or a difference on them that makes voting impossible. It just doesn't. Well, the legislation—it's a is, flaw in the bill. The legislation is very clear that it is not allowed to be used to vote. It says it, but and practically, so sense, how do voting officials know? Because My readers, it won't have that barcode, and it'll be clear to the election officials when they see it. Okay, it's not in the bill. Uh, I disagree, but thank you. Well, can you point me to where it is in the bill then? You're misinterpreting, you're overinterpreting the word identical. It is, it's identical not. Identical is a word. It means identical. I, I understand what it, it means. It means the same. But if the, if the legislation the clearly same. says you can't use it to vote. This is crazy. Then they wouldn't put a device in it that would allow you to vote. So One they minute. won't it put looks that identical. barcode in. It is that identical. Will, uh, mislead. If it looks the same. It's got to be able identical, to go through the barcode and be... I'm in. not sure that voting officials would know unless there is some difference. And that's not what the bill says. There is no difference. They use that barcode to swipe, uh, to swipe, just like we do for many things. That's ridiculous. Thank you, Chairman. Now, folks, that is Patricia Morgan calling out that Representative Bob Craven and Representative Patricia Morgan was exactly right. It is identical. It's identical on purpose. So, and th- this will, there's no, you can't, someone's not going to say, hey, wait a minute, <clears throat> this doesn't have a barcode. Be realistic. Think of what it's like when you, you're going to vote or plenty of different different instances. So this is, no, it was done by design. It was absolutely done by design. And the fact of the matter is, they did lie, and then they should all vote again. Why are the illegals given, quote, a driving privilege card? And at the, the Rhode Island State House, they're trying to, and were trying to fool you, and they were disingenuous when they said, oh, no, this, this isn't going to look anything like, oh, this won't look anything like a, a license. This is going to be completely different. This, this is, you can tell, this is like a McKee operation where he, you know, thinks of himself smartest one in the room and oh no no it, this won't look this won't look anything like a license except it looks exactly like a license it's identical that's the word 
And I give credit to our friend, Representative Patricia Morgan, calling them out. What do you mean she's misinterpreting the word identical? There's only one meaning of the word identical. So this, this is foolishness that's going on, and it's being done by design. This isn't a mistake. They purposely designed the, quote, driving privilege card for the illegals to be identical to a driver's license. And then instead you have to listen to that foolishness. You're, you're over-exaggerating the word identical. No, she wasn't. And Florida saying the same thing. This was wrong. This is a McKee operation. It, 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 was, it was done, and as I have been telling you, this is done for voting. Plain and simple. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Falcon Pest Services, when you have a pest problem, give them a call. Serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, 401-739-1322. Falcon Pest Services, residential or commercial, whether it is for maybe you have some kind of a termite problem, bed bugs, ants, roaches. Listen, a mice problem. Mice can be problematic. Rats, mosquitoes, many other pests. Falcon Pest Services, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, all different types of programs, multifamily housing, condos, apartments, single-family homes, restaurants, office buildings, highly trained, experienced pest control technicians. Maybe it's once a year. Maybe it's a one-time treatment, monthly service, quarterly, or year-round protection. You can depend. Falcon Pest Services. Call them today for a free quote, 401 739 1322. Get your yard sprayed. Get rid of those mosquitoes. Falcon Pest Services. Call today, 401-739-1322. Falcon Pest Services. You can also find them on Facebook. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Uh, this story is interesting. This um, self-taught survivalist, murder suspect, Michael Burnham, escaped out of a Pennsylvania prison, and it is a real active manhunt. So I want to pick up the latest. I find these stories really interesting. Lindsay, yes, more than 150 law enforcement officers now involved in this manhunt for Michael Burham. Meanwhile, another investigation is underway into just how he escaped this jail. Overnight, the search for escaped murder suspect Michael Burham intensifying. At least 15 law enforcement agencies scouring Pennsylvania and parts of upstate New York by land and air, trying to capture the self-taught survivalist who once served as a sergeant in the Army Reserve. We believe he has previously prepared to conceal himself in the woods. Authorities discovering stockpiles or campsites in wooded areas and are not ruling out that Burham may have had help. He escaped from the Warren County Jail late Thursday night, repelling his way to freedom using bedsheets made into a rope. Is there any indication that uh, either he was getting assistance from within the prison or that this could have been an inside job? I can tell you that that is being thoroughly investigated. Mary Canaro lives next to the jail. Police say Burham was seen running through her yard the night he escaped. Oh my God. I am being very conscious about what we're being asked to do and that's to you know lock everything up burham at least one of two prison escapes in the region in indianapolis an inmate back in custody after allegedly assaulting deputy john durham as they returned from a medical appointment authorities say he stole a van and crashed into a utility pole deputy durham passed away from his injuries police in that case believe that inmates actions were intentional acts of homicide and will be treated as such Burhan, um, that's interesting, folks, just because the guy has a military background and he, you know, th think about that. I, I think he's also alone. He that's he's pretty it sounds like he's pretty uh, disciplined. That's that's he's he's going to be a tough one to a tough one to to catch. So now there's also um, just the fact that he used the escape uh, a stairwell and and these um bed sheets as a rope it's it's actually pretty interesting this was uh news nation to a story this on this and dangerous escaped inmate the search for michael burham is intensifying burham. this morning and officials are concerned that with burham's long rap sheet and being a trained survivalist he may be hiding out in a wooded area and actually investigators have found evidence of campsites not far from the prison in warren pennsylvania where he escaped from on thursday night and this morning we have a new photo showing how he did it 
as people in that area are warned to lock their doors, stay on high alert. Dre Clark is live for us once again outside the Warren County Prison with more. Uh, Dre, any new leads this morning? No, no new leads as of this morning, but we do know that search is still ongoing. Behind me, this is the area where Michael Burrow made that daring escape almost five days ago. After climbing on top of some exercise equipment, he managed to reach the top of his roof, which is almost three stories up. He then carefully and slowly climbed back down to the ground and then ran off into some nearby woods. Uh, police and search teams are convinced he's still somewhere in the area, and they're now trying to wear him down by keeping that search effort going nonstop day and night. And the Pennsylvania State Police officer who's leading the search says he's absolutely confident they will find Burrow. Meanwhile, News Nation was able to obtain this exclusive picture showing those tied-up bed sheets Burrow used to climb down down from the prison's roof. He was be held, being held here at the prison on robbery, arson, and kidnapping charges. He's also suspected of murdering a woman in Jamestown, New York, about 20 miles from the prison. Police have been using helicopters, drones, canines, and more than 150 law enforcement officers on the ground uh, to continue that search. Officers have found several camping sites and stockpiles of supplies that they believe Burham had been using. Burham is a trained survivalist with a military background, so investigators say uh, he's very comfortable trekking through rough terrain and thick wooded areas, and police believe Burham may not be alone as he continues to try to avoid being captured. We do believe that uh, he is getting some assistance uh, from where or what that type of assistance is. I'm not prepared to comment on but uh, as I've previously indicated, we are investigating that and we are prepared to prosecute anyone who does offer him assistance. And police say they have received numerous calls from people in the public reporting sightings, but so far, uh, none of those reports have led to uh, Burham. Meanwhile, police also telling people in the area if they should see him, don't approach him because they still consider Burham to be armed and extremely dangerous. Adrian Markey. All right, All right so Dre, he escaped we'll seemingly right. alone, but it, as you just heard, they believe he is getting assistance. Now, listen, obviously, I want him uh, captured as quickly as possible. But just the fact, the daring nature of it, of the bed sheet, and when you see it, it is he, he fastened it into to a rope and then lowered himself down. Self-taught survivalist with military experience. I'm just, I think this guy is going to be, um, it's going to be difficult to get. Um, Chris, Chris uh, Cuomo on News Nation did a full segment on it. I just want to play some of this. It's pretty interesting. Lower himself to the ground. 34-year-old Michael Burham. All right, you're seeing him there. He's got uh, some pretty readily identifying tattoos. Um, face, you know, he could change that very easily, though. Could shave his head, could shave his beard. He said to have a military background, uh, reservist uh, level, survivalist skills. Uh, he was being held in prison, or in jail, rather, uh, because of a $1 million bail because of kidnapping, burglary, and other charges. Wow. They wanted to keep him there. They were worried about what he might do next because he's already suspected of murdering and raping the mother of one of his kids. Wow. Let's bring in the district attorney of Chautauqua County, New York, where some of those crimes were allegedly committed. His name is Jason Schmidt. It's good to see you, sir. Appreciate you doing the job. What can you tell us on the current status? Thanks. Uh, there's... There's an active manhunt going on. We've got numerous law enforcement agencies that are involved. You've got on the local level our uh, sheriff's office together with our Jamestown Police Department, uh, New York State Police, FBI. We're uh, in tandem with uh, Pennsylvania State Police, uh, Warren uh, Police, uh, uh, Sheriff's Office in Warren, of course. Uh, so you've got a lot of law enforcement out there looking for this individual. Now, I think we're showing people some ring camera and some pictures of the guy. Uh, I believe News Nation has acquired a photo of the sheets that he used to get away, but that's, you know, that's just uh, nonsense detail. Your specific concern is uh, that he could be coming back to where you are uh, for two sets of reasons. One is familiarity. Two could be unfinished business. The second one matters more. How so? 
Well, you know, Mr. Burham has ties to the community, his family is here, his friends is here. This is where he, he grew up. Uh, the witnesses in the case that we're trying to develop against him uh, in connection with the homicide, they were all local here. So our immediate concern is their safety, the safety of the community. Oh. Uh, so we've uh, taken some steps to, to preserve everybody's safety so that we... Folks, active manhunt on the prison break. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. At Med Urgent Care, walk-in urgent care center, all your medical needs. They're open seven days a week, doctors and nurses. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center, 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. Again, they're open seven days a week. At Med Urgent Care, when you need urgent care without the wait now, when I've been in that situation and I needed urgent care, that's where I went. If you want to go to an emergency room and have a long wait, well, you're free to do that. Otherwise, do what I did. Go to At Med Urgent Care, whether it's work-related, maybe someone's not feeling well, someone needs stitches, whatever it may be. At Med Urgent Care, comprehensive outpatient urgent care facility. There's two locations, one near you, Johnston, right in the Atwood Medical Center, and also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich. That's right across from Felicia's. When you need, and I need urgent care, you want AtMed Urgent Care. Again, two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston in the Atwood Medical Center, and 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich. Seven days a week, doctors and nurses, AtMed Urgent Care. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Now, we have new court documents released. I did hear this during the initial court appearance, but this has to do with the Carbuncle Pond Coventry murder of last December. Let's pick up. This is the report from Channel 12 WPRI. New court documents obtained by Target 12 reveal the movements that investigators say two suspects made the night that a pregnant woman was murdered. 34-year-old Layla Duarte Luzes was found dead in Carabuncle Pond last December. Two men, 35-year-old Gary Gromkowitz and 46-year-old Michael Lambert, have been charged with murder and conspiracy in connection with her death. Target 12 investigator Alexandra Leslie joins us live in studio now. And Alex, what did you find? Well, we know that prosecutors said that the whole time that have said that these two men picked up Deleuze at her home in Brockton on December 21st. Then at some point, the 34-year-old was seriously hurt and then turned up dead in Carbuncle Pond hours later. Her body was found by a fisherman. Detectives also noted Deleuze was pregnant with Gromkowitz's baby. Now, new court documents detail the movements of both suspects and Deleuze through cell phone and video surveillance. In an affidavit, police say the suspects, quote, indirect movements are consistent with persons seeking or searching for a location to dispose of potential evidence. I have a detailed timeline of those movements on WPRI.com. Now, we also learned that on December 30th last year, both men were brought to state police headquarters for questioning and DNA swabs. At the time, Gromkowitz Quartz's phone was seized, but it, since it was passcode protected, it couldn't be analyzed. Court documents show just a few weeks ago, Grumkowitz's girlfriend said the phone was used by Grumkowitz, but belonged to her son, and that she later provided a passcode for police. And Alex, of course, cell phones are at the center of so many criminal investigations nowadays, but what do court records show about what they found on the phone? So right now, the search warrant only says that the contents of the phone are under forensic investigation examination. This is just one of many warrants in this case. Earlier this year, prosecutors said that state police executed 53 search warrants related to this investigation in total. And Alex, the suspects were held without bail after they were arrested in May. You were at court today picking up the documents. So where does this case stand now? Okay, so as you mentioned, the last time the suspects were in court was in May for a bail hearing right after their arrest. That has been continued several times and it's scheduled to resume tomorrow at Kent County Superior Court. Target 12 investigator Alexander yeah, Leslie. And she did a nice job with that. I don't think they're going to be uh, released. These are two dangerous criminals, folks. Um, we, we've had, you know, a lot on Carbuncle Pond uh, a lot of the timeline that she laid out, it, it is in court documents now, but it was actually laid out initially when these two were brought into court. State police did a very, very thorough investigation on this. And it also, it shows their movements of when they picked this woman up in Brockton, they weren't sure what they were going to do. Um, you had one of them driving. The other one was seemingly almost killing her. I hate to say it, but almost killing her, like in the back seat. And then they ended up in Buttonwoods. They were going to drop her 
in Warwick. And then who knows if a neighbor came out or someone went by with a dog or, you know, you, you don't know exactly what happened, but then they just kept riding around and then they somehow ended up at the pond. Now, it's another example, though, that these individuals, they're not um, as smart as people think. I believe I'm hearing that the bail hearing is going to be postponed. So, um, first first of all, both of them are, are no stranger to, to uh, time behind, you know, at the ACI. And they're both very, very dangerous individuals. But I'm hearing that it's going to be postponed, that Gary... Gromkowitz, he was the one that he had another girlfriend and she gave him an ultimatum. So he decided essentially to kill this woman and then lied about it. And and then he has his little goon friend and they picked her up and, you know, one of them got into the back and he was the one that seemingly, as they're riding along, that Michael Lambert, um, and it, it's two of them together. And then Gromkowitz, the police were quickly on him. And then he didn't want to answer questions from the police. So this was the woman back in December. They found a female body, Carbuncle Pond Coventry. She was from Brockton. She met the, uh, the boyfriend, that Gary Gromkowitz, um, who was certainly known to police, had done time. He had gun charges on him. And she met him at the factory where she worked. And so um, apparently he got her pregnant, and then he got another girlfriend, and she gave him an ultimatum. So these two took her for a ride, and then with Lambert essentially killing her in the back seat, but not fully. She was still alive when they put her in the pond. This poor woman, talking about just a gruesome, painful death, uh, bail hearing. But but this is uh, the two of them. I, I think they're just going to be continue to be held without bail. They're two basically uh, career criminals. They're not good criminals. But it also, what this Carbuncle Pond Coventry murder illustrates is just the technology that's available to police. And this was a tremendous job, uh, once again, by the state police, piecing this together. At one point, one of them takes a phone call from someone calling him. And I think it was like 6.15 in the morning. And then the, the caller can hear the other one in the background, the other the driver. So, um, so they can tell when they're turning their phones off and they're pinging off different cell towers. And they basically track their movements and then they even have them stopping at a convenience store and uh, one of them goes in and as he's in there he's examining his hand that Michael Lambert he's checking his hand and it's bloodied and you can tell he's been you know punching someone I mean it's just gruesome uh, but folks they're amongst us and this woman there were several options um, and, and, uh, and murder should never been on the table so the problem with this particular this woman this individual is once you get involved with people like this, it's very difficult to get away from them. Um, it's like you leave your door open and a rat gets into the house. Very difficult to get the rat out. The moment you get involved with people like this, very, very difficult to come out of that situation once you go down that path. And uh, so here you have two grown men and they kill this pregnant woman who was the girlfriend of one of them seemingly because his new girlfriend gave him the ultimatum yay such a prize it's either me or her you're listening to the john DePetro show propane plus call them today heating and cooling in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 for propane plus three generations you can always depend on propane plus for all your heating and cooling call them today 401 885 4209 three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they're going to serve you for a very long time they have a great user-friendly website you just log on at propaneplus.com and then you type in your zip code residential commercial propane plus heating and cooling always there for you give them a call today in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508 252 3359 the johnson family three generations heating and cooling you can always depend on propane plus remember to follow the john DePetro show on youtube it's john DePetro show on youtube subscribe which means you get notified whenever we post new videos you find original content video you can't find anywhere else subscribe today it's free it's the youtube channel of the john DePetro show 
Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. You know, something that kind of flies under the radar, but it's called uh, BUI, Boating Under the Influence. And for anyone that's been out uh, on the roadway, uh, well, not roadways, the waterways, excuse me, it, it's it's a problem. And it's a major problem. And it causes havoc out there. I um I think this is an interesting piece uh, the CBS Morning Show did on BUI, Boating Under the Influence. I'm here to tell you about it. The Coast Guard says boating accidents killed 636 people last year, injured more than 2,000 others, and most of those accidents were preventable. Of all states, Florida, a lot of boats there had more boating deaths than any other, and Mark Strassman is in the state of Florida, Panama City to be exact, with more on this story. Mark, good morning. Hey, Tony, good morning to you. You know, there's an odd cultural disconnect going on here between DUI, driving under the influence, and BUI, boating under the influence. Now, drunk driving has, of course, has an unmistakable stigma, but as you're about to see, drunk boating happens all the time. Uh, Eagle, there is a, a boat, smaller boat, it's getting close to the shore. Off Tampa Bay's coast, deputies chase down this fishing boat, barreling towards swimmers. Its driver, later arrested for BUI, appeared passed out behind the wheel. How much have you had to drink? I have no alcohol. I'm looking at an empty beer can. Drunk boating, the leading cause of fatal boating accidents. Roughly one in six deaths on the water blamed on boozing. It's our number one issue. DNR 165 gains on Emicola. Ryan Locke is a Georgia State game warden. He patrols Lake Lanier, the state's biggest playground for boaters. Locke hears the same lie over and over. I've only had a couple. Most of them are two to three times above the legal limit. How many drunk boaters a day do you typically catch? Our uh, officers usually arrest five to six, maybe even seven a day. Nationwide, several thousand boaters every year are arrested for BUI, roughly one in five of them in Florida. On water anywhere, consequences can be catastrophic. Because I wake up and put a leg on every morning. Alex Audie was 13, idling on a jet ski in Kentucky when a 17-foot bass boat mowed her down. He hit me from the side going over 60 miles an hour. I flew off the jet ski and landed face down in the water, but the boat landed directly on top of my body when it went over the jet ski. The collision broke her neck, shattered her face and both legs, and lacerated her liver. She lost her right leg from the mid-calf down. The man who ran me over was nearly three times the legal limit. Did he ever apologize? He said on the stand that it's not my fault. She shouldn't have been sitting on the water and I didn't do anything wrong. Even when no drinking's involved. Oh man, this is not good. Most boating accidents, injuries, and deaths are preventable. Come here. And now a social media stunt. <laughs> Challenging those on the water to jump off moving boats. Officials warn trying it could hurt or kill you. Other factors, excessive speed, inexperience, inattention. So many people, one bad decision away from catastrophe. I have yet to respond to a drowning or fatality where that subject was wearing a life jacket. Not wearing a life jacket is like not wearing a seatbelt. They're both built to increase your chance of survival. You don't have to be reminded of something that you can never and will never forget. Alex Audie went on to become the national president of Mothers Against Drunk Driving. She still jet skis. And Sammy Hackler, the drunk boater who hit Audie, was fined $250 in 2010 for the collision. No jail time. On the water, there needs to be a, a, a cultural shift. You would never watch someone get in their car impaired with a beer in their hand and drive away. But people watch people do the same thing all the time in a boat. Something else to consider on the water, which is the pounding of the sun, the vibration of the boat. A couple of beers can feel like the end of a long pub crawl. It's a that is exactly right. And folks, it's one of those things. It does kind of go hand in hand. And uh, I, I could totally see someone, hey, you're out on the water. You're having a good time. You have a few drinks. Uh, but then there's people that it, it becomes all day and they're right about the sun. 
and then just the way that the the boat is moving so in in more people there more people have boats there's more pleasure boats um there, there is more drinking and it and i i can understand someone it, it's not exactly like being behind the wheel of a vehicle it's not if you're going out and you're drinking and you're you know fishing and i'm sure there are people you go at a slow pace it, it's it's not the same as being behind the wheel of uh you know a moving car but at the same time like look, look at that person who was passed out on the boat and then right along the shore uh endangering you know various swimmers and so forth so but there's there's a lot of incidents as someone that tracks the first responders many times the harbor mask or the coast guard they have to go after people out off the coast of rhode island that are impaired as they're driving or they're boating folks you're listening to the john DePetro show get your driveway paved j perry paving letter j j perry paving high quality fair pricing exceptional service over 25 years experience specialized commercial paving residential paving seal coating call for a free estimate today 401-732-1730 j perry paving hey learn about the benefits of asphalt paving whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway it's affordable smooth safe to drive on aesthetically appealing asphalt can be recycled reused j perry paving a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs no matter how big how small contact them today for a free quote 401-732-1730 what a difference it makes for your driveway for your business parking lot j letter j j perry paving 401-732-1730 online at jperrypaving.com and look for them on facebook folks you're listening to the john DePetro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website depetro.com so as you know and i've been saying um this was a mistake to do these quote driving privilege cards uh, for the illegals, whatever you want to call them, illegal and documented in Rhode Island. And the, the McKee administration, it's, it's one after another of unintended consequences that happen because of their poor decisions. Well, they were pushing for this. And Lieutenant Governor Matos is a big supporter. And what we've learned now is Rhode Islanders, if you are traveling in Florida, you're going to have a hard time with your Rhode Island license. Now, as much as they, they may say, oh, no, we, we're going to have it straightened out, some things that have come out is these, quote, driving privilege cards that Governor McKee, and they're all trying to insist, oh, you know, it's not a license, it's a driving privilege. But the fact of the matter is it looks exactly identical to a Rhode Island driver's license. And there's many different um, facets where this is going to come into play. One of them is at the, the polls. They, they, this is designed for voting. This is designed for voting. This is designed to, this is the McKee administration, uh, L- Lieutenant Governor Matos, Governor McKee, the progressives at the Rhode Island State House. They're basically saying that there's no difference in illegal in Rhode Island is the same as you as an American citizen. That's, that's what they're saying. And they've even uh, had the, quote, driving privilege card, which is a license they even had it constructed that it's it's impossible they're identical to a rhode island license and so now you have people that don't want to deal with illegals and one of them is the state of florida so despite you're going to try to hear some you you mark my words rhode islanders are going to run into problems trying to drive in florida if they get pulled over or using a rhode island license and you, you watch. They're going to try to now run cover and try to say, oh, no, it's it's all straightened out. It's not straightened out. <clears throat> and when they were introducing them, meaning uh, at the Rhode Island State House in the legislation, they, we were told that they look nothing alike, that they're completely different cards. Now we're finding out that they're identical. 
to a Rhode Island license. And as I've said, this is all by design. This is by design, and this is so they can vote. So, hey, it was Lieutenant Governor Matos that said there was no difference between if, if an illegal comes to Rhode Island, they are considered, as she called them, a Rhode Island citizen. So, so without question, it's, um, it's going to be problem, problematic. It was designed to look exactly like a Rhode Island license, identical. So when they said, well, you know, they're going to be completely, di- they, they, they're not completely different. And it is by design. They didn't, they didn't make a mistake. They had plenty of time with this. So, but folks, Governor McKee, what you have to understand is these, these people, they play fast and loose with the truth. Governor McKee, Matos, um, I know, I, I don't, <clears throat> I don't like, um, you know, I don't like using the term of uh, that people are like pathological liars. But the fact of the matter, it, I, I don't believe that the issue has been resolved. I, I believe that you're going to see people that are going to run into problems when they're down and, and watch who it is. And, and it's going to be confusing for the police and it's going to be confusing for the person. So this is completely unnecessary. They pushed this through. I want to remind people that, you know, Governor Raimondo, she didn't do the driver's licenses. Not even Chafee did the driver's licenses. No, this this was a, a McKee operation. And McKee and Matos. And it's all about votes. And it's all about trying to get elected. And it is it is nothing to do. They They don't care if regular, quote, Rhode Islanders are going to be inconvenienced in some way. It doesn't, it makes, it's no bearing in their mind because the only thing that mattered in their mind was to try to appease the illegals in order to get their votes and try to get as many of them as possible. And so you watch, watch that this just started July 1st. You watch the disaster that this is going to cause. And it's going to be an inconvenience to regular American citizen Rhode Islanders. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. They specialize in patios, walkways, Steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation. Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401-580-1852. Based in Smithfield, Limitless Outdoors. They also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces limitless outdoors call them today free quote get the most of your outside you're gonna love what they can do for you 401-580-1852 401-580-1852 limitless outdoors dream build enjoy You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. So something really uh, very, very interesting is going to happen, and that is George P. Thomas, Bud Thomas, finally is going to be laid to rest. I want you to play this, listen to the story from Channel 12. Two soldier being brought home today. Back in March, the Defense POW MIA Accounting Agency identified the remains of Private First Class George B. Thomas. 12 News reporter Joe Cortez joins me now live with the details on today's military service. So this took, obviously, a long time, about 80 years or so, right, to come to this point. Quite some time, 80 years. I mean, it's new technology, being able to use DNA to analyze everything, but it's going to be a very special day for the family and friends of the well-known Army veteran. He was known as Bud Thomas. Now, he'd been missing in action since November 24th of 1944. That was when his unit was fighting the German forces in the Hurtgen Forest. 
Now, Thomas's body was not recovered during the battle, and he was never reported as a prisoner of war. During one of the bloodiest conflicts of World War II, reports say his battalion was targeted by intense artillery fire and was last seen alive taking refuge in a foxhole. It wasn't until four years later in 1948 when his remains were discovered in the forest. But according to the DOD's defense, a POW MIA accounting agency, the 31-year-old's body was finally identified this year by circumstantial evidence as well as DNA analysis. Now, fast forward to today, there will be a special burial with military honors taking place at Rhode Island's Veterans Cemetery in Exeter. George Thomas's remains will finally be put to rest at around 1 p.m. His obituary said that... He was a selfless and courageous individual who dedicated his life to serving his country. Now, Private First Class Thomas is memorialized on the tablets of the missing at the Henri Chappelle American Cemetery in Belgium. And this is the second time this year the agency has identified remains of a Rhode Island soldier. Now, when the newer technology with this all happening and the families and friends of our fallen soldiers, they finally get a chance to go and see the final resting place of their loved ones, which, Kate, is something that's very important to our veterans and their families. Yeah, and it's just heartbreaking to think that so many of his family members probably didn't live to this day to see that there was finally some closure here and all the other families that are probably going through something similar, hoping their loved ones remains get identified soon too. Yeah, and you know, the technology really opens up a wide range of possibilities for our future. All right, thanks, and Joe. As a matter of fact, folks, I've been following that story. Um, the only one that's left of his family is he has a nephew, but this was 1944. He was from East Providence and he was killed in a very difficult, bloody battle. Um, in Germany, and they just, uh, as you just heard, they were able to identify the technology they have now with DNA. is uh, It's really, really remarkable, but they were just able to be able to do that, and then um, now after all of this, um, they were, in fact, able to make a positive identification, and he will be laid to rest, and I wanted to um, just go through, again, it is, it is one of those situations. Now, I did post about this on Facebook, but it's George Bud Thomas and uh, first class. So he was um, Thomas's nephew, Richard of Riverside. He's the one that provided the DNA sample, helped identify his uncle. He's now in his 80s. So, but this has um, been going on for for so long. He grew up on Taunton Avenue, large family, four sisters, three brothers. Three of the brothers fought in World War II. Only two returned. All of the siblings are now deceased, including, of course, his father, Michael, who was a former journal sports reporter. Richard Thomas was four when his uncle died. He doesn't have much memory of him. That's the nephew. He recalls an aunt showing him his uncle's Purple Heart medal. They didn't talk about his death too much. High school yearbook described George Bud Thomas as an accomplished golfer. Deep voice. Um, he was 31 years old, as a matter of fact. So it was November 23, 1944. He was serving with a regiment ordered to clear out of a pocket German troops. And at the time, that was one of the bloodiest conflicts of World War II at the time being fought between the Allied and German forces as the U.S. forces advanced eastward into Germany, September 1944. The defending Germans um, halting the Allied advance, and that's when his battalion ended up moving in. Under intense artillery fire, 141 men were killed, including Thomas. So they've tried to investigate in that area, uh, I, I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce it correctly, but I'll spell it first. H-U-E-R-T-G-E-N, Hurtigan area, try to recover the remains of the missing American soldiers. They couldn't identify his remains. He was declared non-recoverable February 1951, and then now years later, they were able to identify his remains. So the remains initially... Um, were they have been recovered is the the most important thing here i could go on and on but so now it's also interesting that um when you start to think about what some of our soldiers went through 
And there was another Rhode Islander where it was years later before they could get their remains. And that was someone that, if I read that correctly, he had um, starved to death in in a um, prisoner or war camp. I mean, it's just so terrible. I believe that was in Korea. I had read that. So, um, but George Bud Thomas, George Bud Thomas, in fact, now will be laid to rest. I initially was going to try to live stream it, but the weather is very, very questionable, and um, if not actually impossible to do that. So, but he is, uh, sacrifice will be remembered. He will be honored. Again, George Bud Thomas who uh, lost his life serving his country, ultimate sacrifice in World War II, 1944. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. This portion of our program is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food, drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area. There's normally a game on and a nice group of people there or you could sit out in the dining room don't forget the nice weather they have the deck open the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln delicious food and drinks awaiting for you i'll see you at the lodge you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com iowa caucus listen to this piece just now Six months away. Good Sunday morning to all of you out there. With the Iowa caucuses just six month, months away, mark your calendars for January 15th officially, by the way. The two parties are debating what the coming campaign is going to be about. The intensifying culture wars or a referendum on the economy. President Biden is hoping to claim credit for what is an improving economy. He's ramping up a messaging tour focused on the economic agenda that he is embracing and calling Bidenomics. Inflation has dropped for 11 straight months from a high of 9.1% in June of last year to 4% this May. Unemployment stands at 3.6%. That is near a 50-year low. And 13 million jobs have been added since Biden took office. We've completely recovered from the pandemic drop. But the American public is not feeling it. Just 34% of Americans approve of Biden's handling of the economy in a recent AP poll that was released at the end of June. And only 20% of voters believe the nation is on the right track, though voters have not felt good about the direction of the country for over a decade. And Biden is trying to persuade voters that the economy is better than they think it is. And guess what? Bidenomics is working. I'm not here to declare victory on the economy. I'm here to say we have a plan that's turning things around quickly. It's about growing the economy from the middle out and the bottom up. Today's job shows that, uh, I think, jobs report, I think, shows that Bidenomics is working. Oh, my God. Now, this is actually a familiar pivot for incumbent Democratic presidents in the last 30 years. Both Bill Clinton and Barack Obama had to make the case that their economics, economic policies were working to a skeptical public at the uh, as they were vying for a second term. And it's a necessary pivot for the Biden campaign. But ultimately, it could end up being that the culture war issues, like abortion, that Democrats end up rallying around, especially as the Republican Party continues to focus even more time on cultural issues. School bureaucrats do not know better than parents. We've got to go and defeat them from the ground up and let them know that we are not going to have this indoctrination in there. We are going to end men joining women's teams. Identifying uh, Donald Trump as really being a pioneer in injecting gender ideology into the mainstream where he was having men compete against women in his beauty pageants. And in fact, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who's trailing Donald Trump by 30 points in many national primary matchups, continues to try to run to the right of Trump on these social issues like abortion and LGBTQ rights. In fact, this week, DeSantis's rapid response team reposted a video on Twitter attacking Trump for formally expressing support for the LGBTQ community. The video was criticized even by Republicans and has since been taken down. 
Now, one Republican candidate, who is already outspending all of his rivals right now in advertising in Iowa, New Hampshire, is betting that there is a lane for a Republican candidate that is solely focused on the economy and national security rather than on what he calls anti-wokeness. On Friday, I traveled to Fargo, North Dakota, and I sat down with uh, the governor of North Dakota, Doug Burgum. He's a 66-year-old former software exec and a two-term governor. And yes, he is self-funding much of his presidential campaign right now. In April, Burgum signed a law that did ban abortion at six weeks. And he has signed eight bills into law that has been pushed by his very conservative legislature that limits the rights of transgender North Dakotans. But at the same time, he is arguing that Republicans will do better in 2024 if they focus solely on pocketbook issues. You know, um, folks, right now, unless some incredible dynamic changes, we're looking at what's going to just be a rematch of 2020. And I'm not sure, I'm not convinced yet that that's what people want. But that certainly seems to be just the the direction that the things are are going right now i want to also just play uh there's another clip from meet the press and they talk about all this fighting between president trump and governor DeSantis. is, is that a fish out of water messaging compared to what DeSantis and trump have decided to do well i gotta say DeSantis's answer there was a bit of a most washington answer i've ever heard talking about fundraising and attacks but in the bigger picture yes uh trump and DeSantis are, are fighting the culture war and i think that's what republican voters want right now i talked to a lot of republicans who are like how do we break out of this cycle what do we do we need to put out a 10-point plan to remind people what we're for and that's really answering a question that nobody's asking Republican voters don't care about your policy right now. They want to know that you're a fighter. They want to know you're fighting for them. They want to know that you are. You see that the world, the threat that they see uh, coming from Washington, and you're going to stand there with them. Gary, you know, your first job for us here at NBC was to cover Mitt Romney. That's right. And I felt like I was talking to his younger brother mm-hmm. uh, there a little bit. He even has a little of the salt and pepper feel to <laughs> he it. He could be a sixth Romney son. Exactly. Um, and I don't say that as a criticism, no. I, you know, but... Um, even Mitt Romney realized a business-only approach wasn't going to work. And he mm-hmm. awkwardly tried to embrace some social issues that didn't work. Yeah, he got to it too late. And that yeah. was a big debate within his campaign of how much he should just be the economic mixer, fix it, and how yeah. much he should engage on these other issues. Look, I think Brendan kind of touched on what to me is the key issue here. It's not about culture wars. The operative word here is wars, right? It's the fight. And this has been Donald Trump's superpower all along, I think, in this primary is that he has... He has cultivated the right enemies. He can fight the Biden DOJ. He can fight the left. He can kind of pick the enemy of the moment and make it all about how they are going after him. DeSantis tries to do that, even in that clip you played, the idea that Trump is the enemy. That's not going to work. Trump has spent the last eight years in the public eye cultivating all the correct enemies to Republican Mm -hmm. primary voters. And I think that's a big reason he's got the lead that he has. No, that's a really interesting observation. And I agree, folks, so far... Um, I, I, I've never said I was sold on Governor DeSantis, but to say that he is stalled is an understatement. So I want to remind people, though, that you still have to wait to see everyone on the stage. But right now, I mean, no one's even coming close to President Trump. And I know there's some talk on the left that someone like a Gavin Newsom may make a run. But right now, it, this is going to be a rematch of 2020. I think the Biden economics is is foolish and i think it's going to be made fun of um unless some dynamic changes we're looking at a rematch of 2020 but again i'm waiting to see when the republicans all get on the same debate stage you're listening to the john DePetro show make sure to find the john DePetro show facebook page and you can watch all the action on the scene live stream follow it all real time live stream just follow john DePietro's show right there on the facebook page